Welcome to Business Matters with host Rob Capello, a podcast where we open the conversation on what matters for business. We would like to thank your sponsor, Valley First Credit Union, a member-owned financial cooperative serving the Okanagan, Similkameen, and Thompson. They offer a wide range of banking and investment services for individuals and families. Valley First also has a talented business and commercial team to provide the expertise, products, and services local businesses need to grow and thrive. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Business Matters, presented by Valley First, a division of First West Credit Union. My name is Rob Capello, VP of Business Development at Now Media Group. Uh, before we start, I'd like to give a shout out to our sponsors. For those of you who are unfamiliar with Valley First, they're a member-owned financial cooperative serving the Okanagan, Similkameen, and Thompson Valleys. They offer a wide range of banking and investment services for individuals and families, and they also have a robust business and commercial team with the expertise, products, and services needed to help local businesses grow and thrive. For more information, please visit valleyfirst.com business. And again, big thank you to Valley First for coming on board and sponsoring. And today we work, we welcome uh, Nick Renton to Business Matters from Valley First. So Nick, welcome to, uh, to Business Matters. Um, Nick is a business banking advisor at Valley First um, and has a focus on providing detailed advice to members so they can meet their financial goals. And we're going to jump into that and learn a little bit more. Um, so depending on the type of business you own, your banking needs obviously vary. And sometimes sort of that one size fits all approach doesn't work. So, you know, you need a service that's aligned uh, with the specialized needs of your business occupation. And this is where business banking package professionals comes into play. A service specifically made for self-employed individuals in specific occupations, such as accounting, legal, and dental, and probably some other ones, which we'll talk about. Um, so entrepreneurs can focus on growing their business rather than focusing on worrying about their banking. So, so let's get started. We have a bunch of questions for Nick, so let's get started. Nick, again, welcome and thank you for joining us this morning. Appreciate the uh, opportunity to talk about this. This is uh, something that's passionate and near dear to my heart, so I'm excited to chat. Awesome. Uh, before we kind of jump into the questions, wondering just how things are going with you, with, with you know, what you're hearing or see, seeing in sort of the business world and with, you know, with, with what everyone's facing right now, what, what's sort of the sentiment that, out there right now? Yeah, well, it's actually pretty tricky right now because as you're likely aware, there, there's new um, protocols in place now where they're starting to lock things down a bit more in, the, in BC and it's looked like across Canada as well. So there are a lot of nervous business owners. There's a lot of people that have been sort of ringing the phone saying, hey, you know, are we still looking at government support? Are we still looking at other uh, opportunities that you guys can provide uh, support for us? Um, so for us, it's, it's just being in regular contact with our members. Um, I would say the sentiment in the Okanagan Valley hasn't changed too much over the last few months. Um, I think businesses that have been able to maintain their success and maintain their ability to operate are still doing so. Um, but definitely there's still that feeling of, uh, you know, uncertainty, feeling of, you know, what's to come. Um, and just, like I said, being in regular contact with people and, and having conversations as often as possible tends to, tends to alleviate some of that stress for some members. It's interesting, actually, because and we'll talk about, you know, the, the verticals or the occupations you guys talk to in, in talking to some businesses that are in that vertical or sectors are actually having they're, they're busier than they've ever been, right? Yeah. And the legal side and, you know, especially in the interior where, where real estate's booming and so forth. So it's interesting. We have, you know, unfortunately out of pandemics, you're going to get businesses that don't survive. And that's the unfortunate part for sure. 
and then the other spectrum, those businesses that thrive through it, right? So. Yeah. Well, and one of the biggest things that we've seen in the Okanagan Valley um, is uh, a migration of people from outside of the valley coming to here because with the ability to remote work, with the ability to have a more decentralized workforce, um, you don't have to live in the big center urban areas anymore. And you can have um, either, you know, especially here in the Okanagan Valley, a better quality of life for some people, less commuting time, you know, more work from home. So not only are we seeing those industries being a lot more busy, but I think it's driven by a lot of inward migration from outside of the Okanagan right. Valley. So let's talk about your world right now a little bit. So um, I'm curious, actually, your title is business banking advisor. What's your day to day? What is that? What what is uh, what what's that role? Yeah. So the business banking advisor is a really unique role. Um, there's not many financial institutions uh, that provide a similar role that I'm in, and the reason for that is it's an integrated role, which means I provide support for both the business side of the client as well as the personal. Uh, so when they come to me, I can support pretty much any piece of their financial puzzle that uh, I can put together. If for some reason there is a piece that's uh, a little out of my purview or requires a bit more expertise, the big piece that I, I love about working with Valley First, and I know other institutions have it as well, but we have a suite of professionals that we can offer in-house for you know enhanced financial planning, enhanced uh, credit structuring, um, insurance, all of that kind of fun stuff. But my day-to-day, -day, you know, I, the, the, the reason I love this job is I'm not a nine to five. Some mornings I'll start at six, some mornings I'll be up at 1030 at night um, and just sort of facilitating transactions throughout the week. Um, primarily, I'm you know reaching out to as many members as I can to make sure that their business is humming along. Uh, but also, you know, we're very reactive too because with business members, anyone who's self-employed, when they need it, they needed it five minutes ago. So, uh, you know, you got to be quick on the ball to support your membership uh, and your clients so that you can make sure that their business keeps running and you're not the reason that there's a you know a stick in the cog of the wheel. Yeah, for sure. And so, how long how long have you been in this in in this role? So I've been in this role with Valley First uh, for two years, but I've been doing business banking for almost eight years now through other different institutions as well. Okay. Yeah. I did see in your profile that you used to be in like, I think the development industry. Is that, so why the switch into banking, but how did that come about? Yeah, so I come from a, a family of entrepreneurs. Um, yeah. I come from a, a big group of road builders, you know, earth movers, those kind of things. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I worked for family businesses for a little while, uh, you know, as you know, as you do typically when you're in a family business. Yeah. Um, and then I realized, uh, you know, for me, I like to provide advice to those businesses versus working in them. Um, I saw that there was a lot of opportunity in business owners knowledge about how to work with financial institutions, how to support their growth sustainably. Um, so I've always found that having those conversations with business owners makes me feel really good because I see their growth and I see that I'm part of their team. Uh, so for me, that was the big transition. It was it was stepping away from the day to day for for inside the business to supporting their growth. Any connection to the family business at all still or just over around, I want to say the dinner table, but we can't even do that now. But <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, I don't have any personal or, you know, I don't work with any, obviously, right. any of the family businesses right now, but um, a lot of my extended family still works in construction. You know, there a lot of my family's from Alberta. Uh, okay. So they were in, and where I grew up and was born as well. So uh, a long family ties in, in my last name with Renton in the Alberta region and okay. slowly trying to bring more people to BC. <laughs> how great it is here but it's a hard pull <laughs> um so 
the topic today is business banking packages for professionals. So can you talk about what that means? Like, because uh, again, new new to me, and that's why I love doing what I do is that every, every one of these sessions, I learned something new. So uh, I didn't even know this existed. Can you speak about what that is and what that looks like? Yeah, for sure. I, I would consider it an opportunity. So the, the reason I say that is, in the professional realm of banking, um, like like we talked about a little bit, it's it typically encompasses members that have high financial needs, um, are either higher net worth individuals, um, and so they require a bit more tailored advice and a bit more specialists to provide that expert advice internally, but also working with partners externally. So. The package itself is a suite of products and services that we provide to a lot of different Valley First members, uh, but it also includes access to everything that Valley First offers in terms of providing you know, high-end insurance planning, financial planning, credit structuring, and we bring the best of the best to these members. Uh, because typically those members require that. Um, you know, there are some members that are professionals that may not need, you know, the handholding that some do, or there might be some members that do a lot of their banking themselves. Um, and, you know, hats off to them if they can control uh, their day-to-day -day banking, uh, financial planning, all of that kind of stuff, while also juggling the activities of their business. Um, not many people can. So the business banking package for professionals is really working with the best of the best at Valley First to make sure that all of your business banking, all of your personal banking, and all of those other financial needs are really met in-house with one advisor to quarterback it all for you. And is there... Is there, we talked about earlier about like dentists or some of the, the, the occupations, what occupations would sort of fit in under this? Right. So, you know, it's when people look at professionals, they think doctors, lawyers, dentists, accountants, engineers, yeah. you know, the, the sort of people that have to put their stamp on things to, to get them out the door to, to approve things. Um, but what the what we also support is specialists in those fields as well. So you know surgeons, um, orthopedics, you know optometry, sort of all of those different specializations within the healthcare fields. But then we also provide uh, support for people that either you know they may not be self-employed yet. Um, they're they're salaried professionals inside of a lawyer firm or salaried professionals inside of an accounting firm that are building their skills, building their experience to maybe take the step out on their own longer down the road. And then we can provide the tailored advice of how to support that transition, how to set up your new co company, you know, how to build that long-term roadmap to take you to, you know, working, you know, as an employee in one of those firms to potentially stepping out on your own. So that's a big part of the planning too. So you don't have to be self-employed in order to, okay. But the goal is, you're working towards that? Is that sort of the idea? Yeah, well, some people, uh, some professionals, some clients don't ever plan on doing it self-employed. Sure. You know, some might want to just stick and, and, and be part of a bigger organization because that's where they feel comfortable. Uh, but, it, you know, my specialized tailored advice is helping those people in their current role and provide financial planning, you know, of how they're structured there. But also if they were to take that big step is to provide, to provide this sort of uh, the roadmap of how to get there. Excellent. So is there something similar for other industries? I was curious, like, I don't know, mining or retail or like, or is it kind of, this is sort of specific around sort of the professional services? 
Yeah, it, it's interesting because I, I never like saying that one member is more worthy than right. the other. You right. know, it's, it's not, we don't structure packages in the sense where this package is better than any other product that we right. offer. Right. Um, so there are industries that we support. We support all industries, whether it's real estate, you know, development, uh, whether it's, you know, mining or, you know, yeah. We're different types of segments, but what I've noticed is a lot of those other industries may not require um, as detailed advice because they're either, you know, if they're salaried professionals, that's the only source of income they have, um, right. or in those mining industries, there are other organizations outside of financial institutions that provide a lot of support, especially in the agriculture industry. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of government programs that provide more, uh, that tend to provide uh, more substantial products and services to those industries because they're so specialized, um, you know, subsidies, different grants, uh, different uh, policies that they can't get with inside any financial institution outside of those specific spots. Well, I think that goes back to what I said earlier. It's not a one size fits all. It's not, it's not better. It's just that everybody's needs are potentially different than what they're going to need. And, and that's what it sounds like. You can, you can tailor the solution based on what the need of the client may be or the member may be. Yeah. And the reason it gets really specific with the professionals is they tend to have unique credit requests. They tend to have unique financial planning requests just based on the scope of their cash flows, based on the scope of their general uh, activities. Yeah. So it, it generally requires um, products and services that some other members may not need ever. Uh, so that's why it becomes a bit more tailored in that industry. Fair enough. So what are some of the advantages of a specific business banking package for a professional? What are, what are some of the reasons that, that, you know, that they can take advantage of? Yeah, so it's kind of what we talked about a little bit already. So the, the biggest advantage I would say is that one, you have access to all experts within Valley First, but two for me, and because you can get that service at many different financial institutions, for me, what it comes down to with Valley First specifically is the integrated offer. So when I can provide financial advice to my professional clients, both personally and business, the biggest advantage that I find that I provide is efficiency, time savings and cost savings, because they come to me with a question and I typically know everything about their whole financial situation. So I can either answer those questions quickly. I can provide the products and support quickly. Um, I can fix their problems quickly because I know most of the things around their business, where if they were to go to um, somebody just for business or somebody just for personal, there's a lot of communication that happens. There's sort of siloed pieces here and there. And so they have to do a lot of work to get the same process done. So how do you, uh, you mentioned sort of, it, it sounds like you become pretty intimate with the business and yeah. maybe that's not the right word, but <laughs> no, it's pretty accurate. <laughs> how do you onboard yourself with, with the diversity of the members you have? Like what's the steps you take in order to really get to know the business? Yeah. Well, one of my favorite lines is, you know, if people like you, they'll talk to you. If people trust you, they'll do business with you. Mm -hmm. uh, and so a lot of the time, it takes a long time to build that relationship. Right. That's why experience in business banking, experience in and confidence in your ability to provide services for, for your organization is what really drives that relationship. The amount of clients that I come across that say, you know, I pick up the phone and I can't get a hold of somebody at the bank, mm -hmm. or I pick up the phone and, you know, I can't get my problem solved right away. I may not solve it right away for them, but they know that they can call me. Um, and by doing that repeatedly, having that connection and availability and providing advice that 
really is, you know, it, it providing that advice that they trust right. uh, is, is what really is the hook. Um, and the hook in the sense where they know they can come to me for what they need and I can provide that support as best as I can. So, you know, I would say the, the roadmap is building the trust. And then as that trust builds, you start to integrate the different pieces into the puzzle. Being a business banker, non nine to five, I do almost all of my meetings at the client's offices yeah. or, or virtually. I rarely have meetings in the branch because feet on the ground in the business is the best way to learn everything about their business. I agree. Yeah, that's good advice. Um, so you mentioned sort of this, this audience, if you call that, you know, there's maybe some specific lending needs that they would need, but is there other advantages or, or reasons why they would need a business professional package? Is there other things that kind of stand out to you on, on you know, why, again, we're talking about not being different than other occupations, but why they would need something like this? Yeah, so um, for one, the day-to-day -day banking model um, for for a lot of professionals require a lot of um, unique types of transactions. So, you know, for for doctors and lawyers, they have a lot of authorized transactions in and out of their account. For you know, for example, with engineers, they may have a considerable amount of uh, foreign exchange or wire payments, um, or you know, large contracted type of payments that you know have large movements of money left and right. Um, if you don't have a connected relationship with somebody, those transactions can get lost in the mail, if you will, um, yep. or you know, sat on a desk for too long, um, those types of things. The yep. other piece is we price our, our credit, we, we price our investments, and we price a lot of our banking services to be as cost-effective and efficient for those members as possible. Um, based on their higher planning needs and typically their higher volume of credit or wealth, um, it, uh, that's what drives those lower prices. So, um, I don't ever, ever have conversations with my members about the cost of their business banking that right. almost never comes up. But what I do know is that when I'm offering products to them, it's the best of what we can. Right. Uh, so I always try to build my advice around the support of what I can provide. And then, you know, if cost comes up, we talk about the comparisons between you know, products and services, um, comparative to the market comparative internally um, to make sure that what they're getting uh, services for provides the best value. So what about the flip side? So um, I, I fall into one of these professional services categories and I, I don't take advantage of this. What's the, what are some yeah. of the advantages? <laughs> well, I think it's, you know, it's, it's almost the opposite of what I just said. So, you know, if you don't take advantage of something like this, you might be paying more money than you need to. Uh, you might be getting charged a higher interest rate on your credit products than you might need to. Um, you, you might not feel comfortable speaking with uh, your person at the bank which creates uh, a bit of attention in your financial planning, a bit of attention in your goal planning. Uh, so if you don't have that regular contact and you're, you know, you're not comfortable working within the business banking world, um, I feel like you miss out on a lot of opportunity to, you know, be more efficient, but also to, to know about different products and services, to have that regular contact in case something comes up, or especially right now, um, knowing about government programs, uh, the amount of people that I've reached out to, to tell them about programs that they didn't know about is really surprising. Yeah. Interesting. Um, so your role sounds like you're partly a quarterback, partly a coach, partly a GM, you're partly everything. Eh? Like, like, how do you, or do, do clients deal with you directly and then you pull in from your team where you need to? Is that sort of how your role is in this? 
Yeah. And sometimes I'm even a marriage counselor. It's, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a role that's super unique and why, like I said earlier, why I love doing it because every client that walks through the door is different. Every client that walks through the door has a unique need. And then like you mentioned, I, I feel pretty comfortable and confident with my ability as business banker uh, to provide the services and tools of their day-to-day, -day, their credit, and some of their investments. But when it comes out of my purview or they require specialized tax advice um, or insurance planning or something that I can't you know, focus on or have the ability to manage, that's the great thing about Valley First. That's the great thing about many organizations, but especially Valley First, is we have really tenured, experienced, knowledgeable people in different um, silos. So we have insurance planning, we have wealth planning, uh, we have uh, you know complex credit planning, uh, we have commercial uh, our commercial banking unit which supports you know larger scale developments larger scale businesses um, in our region and valley first has really been a huge driver of community investment community support um, so not only do we help our businesses you know on the business banking side but we're usually the first to step in to provide you know financial support for charities they're working with right. um, putting in volunteer hours within organizations around the the valley um, and supporting different companies that way as well Interesting. And I think you've, you've touched on this a little bit, but the difference in how you work with someone who's uh, new to the industry um, yeah. as compared to someone who's, you know, 30 years in and maybe looking at succession or, or, or yeah. retirement. Or so can you speak on sort of how you fit in or how the business packages fit in um, on, at the start of your career and at the end of your career? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the, the biggest thing at the start of somebody's career, and this is applicable to any industry, but, you know, professionals as well is, is really financial literacy. Mm -hmm. um, you know, people think financial literacy is something you teach, you know, in high school or, you know, yeah. you know, very basic, but financial literacy is more than just, you know, what is a bank account? What is a savings account? It's, you know, how do you, what is a mortgage payment? How does mortgage payment work? Um, what is an investment? What is the different vehicles you can invest in? Um, you know, what is the different credit products that we offer? Um, and these, these, all of these products are, you know, they're, they're pretty consistent across the industry. Right. Um, so that knowledge is foundational to help you sort of know the questions that you need to ask when things come up. Uh, so with a brand new professional, I typically lean towards providing them advice of that is understanding how banking works, uh, but then also providing them financial support should they be doing additional designations. So if they're, you know, if they're a professional looking to extend their law degree, do a master's, do a doctorate, those kind of things, we do have financial products to provide support for that outside of federal student loans and those types of things. Um, and then we also provide financial support if you're looking to purchase into a firm. So, you know, if you're looking to become a partner in a law firm, or if you're looking to provide, you know, become a partner in uh, a bigger organization, we provide financing to support that transaction. And then when it comes to starting there, and as you build your roadmap, as we talked about earlier, to getting into more experienced professionals, that's where I start bringing in my other parts of my team to really tailor that advice for their goal planning, uh, retirement planning, business succession planning. Um, that's a big thing we're seeing right now because there's a lot of the older generation that are starting to transition out of their their practices, out of their industry, out of the healthcare industry, um, and understanding how to transition their you know previous typically large income um, and how to manage that in retirement and utilize their assets as best as they can. So the, the conversation sort of becomes financial literacy about how to build your business. And then at the other end, financial literacy about how to draw your assets out and, and, you know, 
do a really good retirement plan for them moving forward. And, and I think that the neat thing is that you, you, you're there in the whole life cycle. Yeah. Right. So it's not like they have to jump in and out. You, you can, you from the start to the end, which is great, which is a benefit to, to obviously the business. So how often do you uh, meet or communicate with clients like your members? Um, I would say uh, it, it's twofold. One, I, I generally have a contact plan myself where I try to reach out to my whole membership at, at minimum once a year, but most of the time it's twice a year, right. no matter what, whether they want to talk to me or not. <laughs> And then there's a lot of clients that come across my desk that I might even talk to weekly. Um, I might talk to, you know, especially if I were going through a complex transaction, I'll be texting them, emailing them all day. So I would say, you know, give or take, there's probably 15 to 20% of my clients that I work with monthly. And then the rest I work with, you know, on an annual basis to review their financial plans. Cause as I start to build those foundations, those foundations should drive themselves. And I come in each year to tweak and tailor and provide support should things change. Makes sense. So yeah. I, I warned you about this. We're, we're gonna we're gonna park this for a bit <laughs> and switch focus for a little bit, and and we're gonna learn a little bit more about you. So okay. uh, and then we'll come back. I do have a few couple more questions. We'll wrap okay. up with. So, um, what was your very first job you ever did? Uh, my very first job I ever did. I worked at a hockey rink uh, in Vernon. I was the building services worker for uh, the multiplex in Vernon. So I cleaned the stands after all the Vipers games for almost okay. years. Yeah. Oh, I started that when I was 15, did that till I went to university. Yeah, I, I worked, uh, I cleaned a lot of toilets in my day. <laughs> when you're cleaning the stands, do you find anything really interesting? Do you ever find anything? <laughs> you find things you don't want to find. <laughs> um, have you ever met anyone famous? And the first, who's the most famous person you met? Oh man, that's a good one. Um, ah, who's Mario Lopez? So the oh, point, yeah, yeah. I've been to LA probably four or five times, three yeah. of the five times I've been there, I've run into Mario Lopez. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like, I don't know what it is, but it, it's like a running joke in my family. So he's either doing a spot on Hollywood Boulevard or doing something like that. And I'm like, Hey, it's Mario Lopez seeing That's him again. Funny. <laughs> Maybe you're meant to be buddies. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, what are you reading right now? I don't, I'm not sure if you're someone who consumes books. Some people do, some people don't, but is there anything? And if not, what genre do you typically read? Well, I have a four month old at home and a three year old. So my reading ability has much reading. <laughs> has been tampered a little bit, uh, but I'm actually, uh, I was just reading it the other day. It's a book by Ann Hillerman. Um, it's about um, crime in the uh, First Nations reserves down in New Mexico. So it's a series by a person named Tony Hillerman, and it's his daughter that uh, stepped okay. in and he transitioned away from. Yeah, but it's it's all about crime and solving crimes on the First Nation reserves down in the Navajo region. Interesting. Yeah. Um, if you close the door in your office and you got to do some work and you got to crank some tunes, what are you listening to? Ooh, that's a good question. Sylvan Esso. Uh, so it's uh, it's like a two piece uh, band or like electronic music kind of okay. thing. But it's it's very eth uh, ethereal, so there's okay. lots of like background noises and not as much like driving music. So when right. I can put on my earphones and work away, it doesn't really consume my thoughts. Awesome. So yeah, there you go. Um, as you've been going through your career, is there someone that you've really sort of admired, either in your personal life or even just from afar, that you can really pinpoint of saying someone that's been sort of kind of like a mentor or someone you've admired through your career? Yeah, like there, there's so many people that come to mind uh, because I've I've been doing this now for 11 years. And when you go to different industries, different cities, you know, each step of the way you run into somebody that 
changes your trajectory or right. changes what you thought you were going to be doing. Um, I always go back to my family. You know, my dad is, you know, um, he's been doing self-employed business or working in the industry since he was 14 doing, you know, earth moving, that kind of stuff. So seeing his ability to withstand all sorts of ups and downs and go through all sorts of different experiences, but also the joys and the, the pains of all of that, it really showcases, you know, you know, where I come from um, yeah. in that sense. On the professional side, like there's not many people that I run into that don't provide some form of like jump to me. You know, it's, I, yeah, like it's hard to pinpoint so many because there's been so many that have changed the trajectory of how I've, I've become who I am. So it's, yeah. <laughs> um, I think you already mentioned it, but uh, you got any favorite quotes? I've read, I even read about the one you did. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and the reason I like that one so much is because it is so true. So I'll, I'll reiterate it again. It's, you know, if, People, if people, people will listen to you if they like you, they'll trust you if they do business with you. And, and the reason for that is you can go into any room, like a networking event, you can shoot, shoot the breeze with anybody, have those conversations, but it, it's really surface level until you get into the whole, like, you know, what, you know, the, the advice that you can give or, you know, being there for them when they need it, um, being a trusted person, not just advisor, um, you know, that is what really drives long-term relationships outside of banking, personally, all of that. If somebody trusts you, typically it's, it's the driver for a lot of long-term relationships. Yeah, no, and I, I would agree wholeheartedly yeah. on that. So um, what was the first big, big ticket item you bought with your own money? So you, you got your first job, you saved some money. What'd you go off and buy? A new car? What was it? It was actually a trip. So, oh, well, at, well, very young, when I was working at the hockey rink still, I bought a CD player for my car. That was the first big ticket yeah. item. But when I started actually, you know, saving for something specific, I did a, a three-week trip to Eastern Europe. Oh. Uh, I did like a big tour with, with one of the tour organizations and did that. So that was the first big thing that I knew I like actively put money away for when I was 21. So I had my 21st birthday in Prague and it was Oh, wow. <laughs> um, Parking the pandemic aside, because we don't know what 2021 is going to look like. What's something you want to do next year that you haven't done before, maybe in business or personal life? Is there anything sort of on, not necessarily a bucket list, but is there anything sort of in your career or anything you want to accomplish next year? Um, I would say next year, the big thing for me is, um, is I've been doing business banking and serving um, members directly for 11 years now. Yeah. What I'm really trying to hone in on is leadership skills. So I've been really driving my uh, personal development to try and uh, gain onto advisory boards, try to be part of local leadership committees. Um, uh, so within Valley First, we have a, an organization called the Valley First Community Collective. Right. Um, and it's a group of young professionals inside of our organization that are putting on networking events outside of our organization. So becoming a leader in, in that. So for me, the biggest professional development next year is trying to become more of a leader, um, not just, you know, leader of people, but a leader in the community uh, and a leader of, uh, you know, as much as I can, because I feel like that's where I say excel is, is providing, you know, leadership quality to, to uh, all sorts of different organizations. That's awesome. And at the same time, balance a young family. 
that too. <laughs> I got you said you're sometimes you work at 6 a.m. and late at night. Well, that that answers why. <laughs> that, yeah, that kind of is the primary driver. I'll be, you know, it, all the kids will go to bed at 7:30, and it's now time that I can That's do right. Or you know, like this morning I was up at you know 6:15. I thought oh, I'll pump out an hour of work because the kids yeah. lying on the floor rolling around. So <laughs> That's right. Um, what's your favorite place you ever visited? You mentioned you did a three-week trip. Is there anywhere else that kind of really stands out that you're like, if you had to go back, you'd love to go back there? My wife's going to love this. So Egypt is by far hands and away my favorite place I've ever visited. Um, she knows that because I bring it up every month. <laughs> you know, I visited Egypt at one time. No, but uh, yeah, Egypt is for one, two reasons. One, the people there have easily been the nicest and most hospital people I've ever come across. And then two, just the history, the, the, the architecture, the, the general vibe, I call it, of Egypt was definitely one of the the best I've ever been to so interesting last question if you weren't a business banking advisor at Valley First what would you be doing a commercial airline pilot oh wow you, yeah. you didn't have to even think about that one <laughs> no that was that was I, I originally I was uh three quarters of the way through my pr uh, pr uh private pilot's license I was going to be going to school for commercial aviation um and then I spoke with a couple of advisors within different scopes of that industry and they said you know if you want to go spend a couple of years up north or a couple of years in the bush and those kind of things, you have to be committed to it. And I and I wasn't quite there at the time. I was still pretty young. So I ended up transitioning to economics and went to UVic. But that's that's I would consider it a passionate hobby of mine is aviation. Oh, that's awesome. Well, thank you for taking uh, answering those questions. It was great. So a couple more questions before we wrap up. Um, through the pandemic. Uh, how has that changed the way you you've done business or the way you've been able to do business with your with your members and your clients? Uh, you know, I think like all businesses, we've had to adapt to a lot more um, virtual <laughs> type of type of activities. So the great thing with Valley First is because we're a pretty nimble organization, we call it agile here. Yeah. Um, all of us have the technology to work out of any office. You know, I have uh, mobile capability. I can work out of my home. I can work out of anywhere. So the biggest shift for me is I'm not doing much stuff in the branch anymore. Uh, the biggest shift for me on that sense, though, is because I'm not in the branch taking a lot more walk-in type of activity, I've been able to be a bit more proactive with my members. Um, and then the, the biggest shift to on the business side of things is especially for small businesses um, outside of professionals, but including them um, is looking into supporting them with these government programs. So I would say between March and June, I was almost consumed by the Canadian emergency business account. Um, so that's a, a, a piece of financing that the government provided to small businesses. Uh, and I think in Valley First, we had almost 2,000 applications that we processed by hand um, within our business team. Um, other institutions have the technology and capability to just do it through online banking, but yeah. we're, we, and in one sense, it was more work, but we also connected with the members directly. So we can talk about, you know, what the loan meant, how to support them after they got it. So I would say the biggest change is that it's still COVID, it's still uncertainty, and it's providing, you know, uh, virtual advice versus in person. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Uh, but it sounds like you're able to at least still offer that same level of service. Yeah. That you have. yeah well, and that's why I say that the technology that we have at Valley First allows us, I think when I'm working on my mobile computer, there's no difference than if I'm working in the office in terms of accessibility, in terms of lag, you know, we don't have to load up 30 applications to get access to a different program. It's, it's very seamless. Yeah. Uh, and it's, yeah, it's, it's excellent. <laughs>
Um, you definitely have a passion for what you do. So yeah. where does that come from? What you know, I, I, The question is sort of what gets you up in the morning, what motivates you to help businesses? Like, where does that passion come from? Like it, you definitely have a drive to help businesses. So where, yeah. can you speak about that a little bit? Yeah, and I, and I think I kind of alluded to it a bit before. Um, the passion for me is that I know what makes a business tick and I know that business owners stay up at night thinking about things that nobody else does. Sometimes their best advice or their best idea comes at three in the morning. They wake up and they're like at six 30, I need to call Nick. Cause I got, you know, this idea that's coming down the pipeline yeah. or, you know, they were expecting a big payment and it didn't come through. Yeah. So I love being the fixer. I call it. So when somebody comes in and says, I need something done right away, like, if I have the capability, I will dive headfirst into getting that thing done uh, to make sure that they can keep running their business, keep supporting their business and keep supporting their employees. Um, the passion, I would say, is that, and I kind of alluded to it earlier as well, uh, every day is different. It's very rare that I come into the office and have like a, a day like I did yesterday. Sometimes that's extremely stressful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes there's things that come across your desk and you're just like oh boy this is going to be a day and then there's other days where something comes across your desk and you know that you can help that person and it's so exciting to take it from the start and see it come to fruition whether they're buying a new commercial building for their company per new personal mortgage setting up um, an resp for their children you know all sorts of different things that come across my desk it's it's seeing it from the start to finish that's really exciting Interesting. Last question. So uh, anyone that's listening or watching this and um, is interested in learning more, um, yeah. either they're starting out in their career or they're, or, or, you know, more experiences, what, what, what should they do? What are the next steps for them to at least have a conversation with you or someone on your team? Yeah, well, I think the biggest thing is understanding, and I ask every member that walks through my door, what are your three financial goals? Whether it's short-term, long-term. Um, so setting up three financial goals that you want to focus on and then either speaking with your representative that you talk to at the bank to, about those goals and how to put them together. Um, or, you know, if you don't, somebody don't have somebody at the bank, um, making that proactive initiative to start a conversation with somebody at the bank, yes. the next step. A lot of the time that's the hurdle. I don't have time to go into the bank. I don't have time to go into the credit union. I don't have time to speak with that person, but then at least 90% of the time when they have that conversation, they walk out of the office feeling better. Yeah. Um, because that even if their goals are still the same, you know, they're still hard to meet, you've started that process or you understand where you are on that path to meeting those goals versus just thinking about them every day and not actually starting them. So my advice is to build a relationship with somebody at your financial institution, whether it be Valley First or, you know, you know, yeah. we always love to have new business, but, yeah. uh, you know, with somebody that you trust so that you know that your financial goals and they're going to change but you know the stuff that's important to you right now is being addressed and you don't just keep pushing it off day to day that's applicable to everybody i meet when it comes to professionals it's even more important because if you keep putting things off and you're getting charged higher rates or you're not you know properly planning for things three five ten years down the road that comes up quick in your space because your your business moves quickly. So if you're not building those roadblocks and those foundations right up front, then it becomes really challenging to try and put them together at the end. Interesting. Well, Nick, yeah. thank you so much for taking the time today. I think that there's so much value information you shared and yeah. I enjoyed even having discussion. It's a really good discussion. It's sort of a topic I knew nothing about. Yeah. <laughs>
Well, and, so, and that's the thing is, is most of the time people don't uh, know well, one, like the financial literacy piece is just a lot of people are scared of banking and I don't really know why I obviously I live, breathe it every day. So it's easy for me to talk about. Uh, but I think if you remove the stigma and the fear of, of talking to financial advisors and talking to trusted advisors, it really does a lot of good for you. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you, Nick. I really appreciate it. Hopefully when uh, we were, we're able to travel again, you get to Egypt again. <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping to do as much traveling as possible. It's been very tricky to stay sort of siloed in one spot. It's I, I, I need to I need to move. I need to let my wings breathe. <laughs> well, hopefully next year. Well, by, by by early next year we'll be able to loosen it up yeah. a little bit. So again, thank you, Nick. Thanks for joining. Have a great rest of your day, and thank you for tuning in to Business Matters. All right, thanks, Rob. Take care. Bye bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of Business Matters with host Rob Capello. If you're interested in being on the show, reach out to us and join the conversation.